This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. Uh, let's recount something to me that is all too familiar with you about Sodom and Gomorrah. In Genesis 19, we read, The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zor. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew the cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. Remember how horrible it had gotten there. And it may be similar to today. The men wanted to have sex with men. And it was just so horrible that God decided to destroy those cities. We're not, this is not a hellfire and brimstone lesson. If we go back to Genesis 18, we see that Abraham is pleading with the Lord. He's saying, Lord, please don't destroy the righteous with the wicked. If I get 50, will you spare the city? And the Lord says, I will not destroy the righteous with the wicked. Then he comes back. If I get 45, will you not destroy the righteous with the wicked? The Lord says, I will not destroy the righteous with the wicked. And he goes to 40. Then he goes to 30. Then he goes to 20. You know the story. Then he gets down to 10. How many people was led out of Sodom and Gomorrah? Four. The city was destroyed. What I am trying to bring about is to see how long-suffering, how patient is the Lord. He don't want to destroy the righteous or the wicked, either one. He don't. So he is waiting. He's patient. Now here's the rest of the story. He told them not to look back. What did Lot's wife do? Well, she looked back. In verse 26, I don't have this up here. She was turned into a pillar of salt. This is my introduction to our study today. God is waiting. What's he waiting on? Well, he's waiting on you. So I want this to be a personal study this evening. I don't want you to sit there and think, well... Oh, brother so-and-so, oh, sister so-and-so, I hope they're listening. Let's take about you. God is waiting on you. I want you to think about this personally. He is waiting on you. So let's think about some things. In Joel 3 and 14, it says, Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. You young people. The Lord is near for you to make decisions. When we compare your life to eternity, it's such a short time. We've heard different analogies of what our life is compared to eternity. And there's not a good one. Here's one I've thought of. I don't know how far I-40 goes. I think it goes to California and I don't know how far the other way. But you're a piece of gravel on I-40. 
You're a little dot on I-40. And eternity is all of I-40. You need to get things right or you're going to spend a long, 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 long time in eternity. Hopefully that will help us make our decisions. In Ecclesiastes 12 and 13, it says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. I'm telling you, I don't care what your age is. If you're 10 or 110, you have a vapor to get it right. You've got just a little while to get it right. You may think you have a long time. But compared to eternity, you don't. You don't have a lot of time. And if you're wasting it, think about that. Some questions for us today. Matthew 12 and 30. He that is not with me is against me. He that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Whose side are you on then? Are you good or evil? Whose side are you on? Jesus asked this question. Are you with him? I think if we ask everyone here this evening, are you all for Christ? Do you believe in Jesus? Are you all? Yes, yes, yes. We'd get that, wouldn't we? I hope we would get that. Have you ever felt lukewarm? You know, I feel pretty hot when I'm here with y'all. But maybe during the week we don't. Revelations 3 and 15 I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I'll spew ye out of my mouth. When you're thinking about you now, and that's what we're hoping to do, are you lukewarm? Do we feel that way? I think all of us have to feel that way from time to time. What does the Lord require of us? In Joshua 24, If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served that are on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But if for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In our little series on the home and family, we tried to get forth, we Lead by example. In the home, we lead by example. Some of you young people were led to church today. You didn't have an option not to come. You was led to church. You had to be here. In the church, we lead by example. The choices we make, the friends we keep, the words we say, maybe even the clothes we wear, we lead by example. In the community, we lead by example. We lead people to Christ by just the life that we live. So when we need to think about the influence we have, influence is the best advertisement we as a congregation can have, the life that we live. All right, let's read over here in Deuteronomy. This is an interesting uh, passage. Deuteronomy 10 and 12. And now, Israel... What doth the Lord thy God require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to love him, 
to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. <coughs> Those of you that take classes in school or have, sometimes you'd have a final exam, and it had a lot to do with your final grade. I think these things will be on your final. Did you love the Lord thy God? Did you fear him? Did you walk in his ways? Did you serve him? Did you keep his commandments and his statutes? This will be on your final exam. And your eternity depends on it. Or what you say. I think this is what it may cost you. This is what it may take to get to heaven by doing these things. So are we doing it? Are we not? What does Jesus say? And Matthew 6 and 24 said, No man can serve two masters. For either he will love the one and hate the other, or else he will hold the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And maybe we're trying to do both. I don't know. Several years ago, we studied with a guy, and he says, You know, I have a job. I have a job. Therefore, I can't do such of this church work. I can't do it. I have a job. I don't think that's a good excuse. Another question to ask us today is, will you obey? And a lot of us don't need to be told what to do. We don't like that when we're told. In Romans 6 and 16, know you not. That whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience into righteousness. Whether we like it or not, we are serving something. Unless you're dead and gone, you're serving something. You're either for Jesus or you're against him. Let's go further. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, and you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. And being made free from sin, you have become the servants of unrighteousness. Think about your life. You know, if you could measure that, are you 100% serving the Lord? Are you 99.9% serving the Lord? What is your percent? Where are you at? Let's think for a little bit about some, what some others thought of Jesus and did or Jesus, did to Jesus in this case. In Matthew 27 and 22, Pilate said unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? And they all said unto him, Let him be crucified. And we won't go in to his cruel death. But y'all know what it is. My question, if you ignore Jesus, well, it's not a question. This is my statement to you. If you ignore Jesus and him dying for you, Jesus died for nothing if you ignore him. Taking notes, let's take that note. If you won't follow his way, Jesus died for nothing. 
He was crucified for nothing because you will not obey. Let's go to verse 24, what Pilate did. When Pilate saw he could prevail nothing, but rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of this blood, this blood of this just person. I can't uh, do my hands together and talk at the same time. Are you doing that? I don't have nothing to do with it. I'm, I'm through. Are you doing this to Jesus? Another thought. What about Judas? Surely you don't betray Judas. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. What happened? Money wasn't important anymore, was it, to Judas? He had the 30 pieces of silver. He didn't want it no more. Question to you, what are you betraying Jesus for? How much? Is it dollars? Is it family? Is it recreation? What is it? What are you betraying Jesus for? Here's my favorite. John 18 and 27. Peter then denied again and immediately the cock grew. Another verse showed he cursed and swore, I don't know the man. Have you ever denied Jesus? Then he died for nothing. We deny him. Poor old Peter, he was going to walk on water, but he sank. He had no faith. What are you denying the Lord about? Peter's kind of my hero. He turns out to be an elder. He got it right. He didn't always succeed. What about Simon? Verse 32, they're in Matthew 27. And as they came out, they found a man of serene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear the cross. You always thought that he volunteered. He didn't volunteer. I think they had one of them swords that was talked about that was their best fighting instrument and came up to him and, do you volunteer? And he said, yes, I do. He wanted to help. Maybe we're a little bit like Simon. We're just not really into it. We're just drifting along the stream of least resistance. Are we doing this? Are you doing this? Question then, what will you do? There's some things God is waiting on you to do. What will you do? For those of you that can look up here, for as many as you've been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. I think probably most of you have. <coughs> A lot of vehicles now have a collision alert. Probably drive better than I do, but mine's went off. Red lights flash. Warning, warning, warning. And the vehicle stops you. 
I want to compare that to not being baptized. If you hadn't been baptized, your mind should be flashing. Warning, 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 danger. Stop. Act on it. It's important. It's very important. This is the first step to putting on Christ and pleasing God. If you don't, you are periling out of control. Danger, danger, danger. Put that in your notes. Danger, danger, danger. Are you willing to learn the Word of God? 2 Timothy 2 and 15, Study to show thyself to prove unto God a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You mean to tell me we've got to study? How are you going to know the commandments and the statutes? Sign up for some studies. Ask other people to come over. That was one of our things we wanted to do as congregation is to get together and study. You'll learn something. You need to study. Another thought. Will you go? Go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even in, in, into the end of the world. <coughs> God is waiting on you to do this. To go lead others to Christ. They're waiting on you to do this. He is waiting patiently. Do you have opportunities? Absolutely you have opportunities. Wherever you're at you have opportunities to bring up Jesus. You have opportunities to invite people to church. You have opportunities to say hey you want to do a study. We do have opportunities. I had to shorten this. Are you a Jonah? And Jonah 1 and 3. But Jonah rose up to flee from Tarshish, from the presence of the Lord, and he went to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof, and he went down into it to go with them into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. <clears throat> Jonah could not run from God. Jonah ended up in the belly of a whale. You cannot run from God. No matter where you go, you cannot get away from it. This is another note. You will stand before God and answer to him. You will. This is guaranteed. You're going to stand in front of him. Have you got it? You will stand in front of him. Are you going to say, I can't? There's no I can't. That's not in this verse. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. The poor old one talent man, he was afraid. So he didn't. He said, I can't. I think, this is my thoughts, that if he had to use that one talent at the end of the true story... He had had two. And that would have been pleasing to God. 
He shouldn't have worried that he might not not have had ten, but if he would have just used what he had, that's all that God asked. And it's through Christ. And he does strengthen you. We got to get that in our thick head that we can do all things. God will put words in our mouth. He'll put thoughts in our mind. That spirit will be in us, which is the word of God, and we can do all things. We're going to be a hireling. We're going to go to work. Have you done this, or are you not? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom we believed? Even as the Lord gave to every man... I have planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither is he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. (coughs) We work together. We have a team. We're a team. We all work together. We have different abilities. So we do work together. It's easy that way. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. And it's not like you're working by yourself. You're working with other brothers and sisters. It can be fun to do that. But one thing that I highlighted Every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Critical. That's another critical point. What's your reward? It's heaven. You're going to receive that according to how you have labored. Have you been working? Have you called in sick? How about it? Deuteronomy 30 and 19. I called heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. The choice is yours. If I could make it for you, I would. I'm probably better at making choices for other people than myself. I do that. That's easy. Young people, do y'all know you're going to have seed? Do y'all realize y'all may have seed? Y'all may have children? Y'all may have children? The choices you make now affect them. The choices you make now affect the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren. you got to get it right. And you don't have a lot of time to do it. Here's your last side. I want you to think about this. I don't know how many years God waited on Sodom and Gomorrah. Eventually, he said, that's enough. How long will he wait on you? You know, there's teenagers in the cemetery. I think God was waiting on them for you to get it right. One more thing for your notes. You are guaranteed an eternity. You're going to live 
all the way down I-40 forever and ever and ever, you're guaranteed that. And if you choose to accept Jesus, be baptized, and follow his laws and commandments, you get heaven. If you do not, there's another place for you. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.